أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وقال الذي اشتراه من مصر لامرأته أكرمي مثواه عسى أن ينفعنا أو نتخذه ولدا وكذلك مكنا ليوسف في الأرض ولنعلمه من تأويل الأحاديث والله غالب على أمره ولكن أكثر الناس لا يعلمون صدق الله العظيم The incident of Sayyidina Yusuf ala Rabina wa alayhi salatu salam We had discussed up to this point That after the brothers had thrown him into the well and this caravan had passed and brought him out and the brothers of Yusuf came back after realizing that he had come out of the well they finally did a deal with these people of the caravan and sold him as a slave so he was now brought to Egypt so when he was brought to Egypt this caravan the people of the caravan who had captured him and who had now bought him as a slave they came to sell him. So Allah Ta'ala had already decreed for him to be brought right into the royal household, so to say. So for that, the means had to be also arranged accordingly, as mentioned yesterday, when Allah Ta'ala decides something, Allah Ta'ala will create its means also. So in order for this to happen, now obviously these people realize that here we have somebody who we can sell for a very, very big price, so as a result, the price was now beyond what could have been paid by the ordinary person. People were now bidding the highest price. They stated in some tafsir that eventually the price was this, that the weight of Yusuf in gold, in silver and in musk, his weight, equivalent of his weight, that much amount of gold, that much amount of silver, that much amount of musk and perhaps silken cloth, that much of his weight in silken cloth, that was the price, or his weight in gold alone. So it was the Aziz and Misr. Aziz and Misr, the explanation of this has been given as the person who was the, what we would call the, the minister of the treasury, the minister of the finances, he was the minister of Egypt and he was the one who purchased Yusuf as a slave and he brought him along to his house now because he has now purchased him. So this is where the next ayat comes that وَقَالَ الَّذِي اشْتَرَاهُ مِن مِصْرَ لِمْرَأَتِهِ أَكْرِمِي مَثْوَاهُ عَسَىٰ يَنْفَعَنَا أَوْ نَتَّخِذَهُ وَلَدَىٰ So he bought him and brought him home but he said to his wife that look, look after this boy well, perhaps he might be a means of benefit for us, perhaps we might even adopt him as a son, because they were childless, so he's a young child still, so let us take good care of him, doesn't mean that we bought him as a slave, so we treat him anyhow, treat him well, he might be a means of great benefit for us, or we might even adopt him as a son. So Allah Ta'ala says, this is the way that we brought Yusuf from which point to which point. This entire journey from the 
depth of that well, from that bottom of that well, to now almost to the throne of Egypt. Because this person had direct access to the king, very close to the king. So Yusuf is now in his household. So he's like almost on the throne of Egypt. This aspect of bringing somebody from the bottom of a well to the top and put him onto the, almost onto the throne. Allah Ta'ala says, Allah Ta'ala has full power over all his matters. Allah Ta'ala has full control. Allah Ta'ala does as he pleases. Nobody can come in the way of the plan of Allah Ta'ala. So when Allah Ta'ala has decided to make somebody succeed, to make somebody prosper, to make somebody flourish, nobody can come and prevent this in any way. But again, that sentence that sums up the entire message of Surah Yusuf, which we mentioned several times already, which is right at the end of Surah Yusuf. Yusuf himself, in his words, the Quran Sharif relates this, that, إِنَّهُ مَنْ يَتَّقِي وَيَصْبِرْ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُضِيعُ أَجْرَ الْمُحْسِنِينَ The one who adopts taqwa and the one who is patient. The one who adopts taqwa and who adopts sabr. Allah Ta'ala does not allow his reward to go in vain. What will come in the akhirat will come in the akhirat. But even in dunya Allah Ta'ala brings the benefit of this and the reward of it in various ways. So in any case now Yusuf had been brought to Egypt and sold in this manner and he was now in the house of this Aziz Misr, the minister of Egypt. So he's a young child now growing up in this house. Eventually now he's grown up as a young man and then comes the next test which the Quran Sharif describes. وَلَمَّا بَلَغَ أَشُدَّهُ آتِينَاهُ حُكْمَ وَعِلْمَا وَكَذَلِكَ نَجْزِ الْمُحْسِنِينَ وَرَابَدَتْهُ الَّتِي هُوَ فِي بَيْتِهَا عَنْ نَفْسِهِ First Allah Ta'ala says that after he reached his full age and we granted him this wisdom and knowledge, all this was also a reward of the good that he did, the steadfastness, whatever he had, how he conducted himself, this was the means that became the, the, the means for these great rewards from Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. Yusuf now, he's still a slave of this house, and being the slave of this house, he's under the instruction of the people of the house. So, one day it happened such that this wife of the minister, she had been planning whatever she was planning, and one day she trapped Yusuf under some pretext of some work, trapped him into a room and had all the doors locked in, without him realizing, before he realized what happened, all these doors were locked. Seven interleading doors were all locked. And this is the indication the Quran Sharif makes here, That woman in whose house he was. In other words, he had no choice but to be there. It was not something that he could avoid being in that house because he was a slave of that house and he was under the instruction of the people of the house now. He is their slave. So this was something which was beyond his control and now suddenly he finds himself trapped in this room and وَغَلَّقَتِ abwab She had had all these doors locked and then she now وَقَالَتْ هَيْتَلَكْ She now calls unto him that I am calling you I am speaking to you specifically that I am calling you to come. It is mentioned in the tafsir in Ma'arif al-Quran, Shafi Sahib relates this, that 
in order to get this conversation going, now in this situation, Yusuf is now fully aware what is going on, that what is now he being called towards. So the first thing in order to now get this going forward, she starts off by saying to him that how beautiful your hair is. His immediate spontaneous response is that in the grave this is the first thing that falls off the head. Then she says, but your eyes are so beautiful. He says, this is the next thing that becomes liquid and just flows onto the face. And there's no eyes left thereafter. Say, but your face is so beautiful. He says, this is going to become the, set, the food of the ants of the grave. On each thing is this fikre akhirat, this concern of the hereafter. This is the lesson again, that the only thing that can become a barrier between a person and the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala is taqwa. Taqwa is this, restraining oneself from sin and the thing that becomes the means or what helps a person tremendously is to the extent that he has this consciousness of akhirat this consciousness of the accountability of the day of qiyamah the consciousness that I'm going to have to answer for my deeds Allah Ta'ala is aware Allah Ta'ala is watching there is nothing that can be hidden from him on the day of qiyamah all this will be also in my book of deeds and at that time to complain that how this this also found its way. Mali Hadal Kitab La Yugadiru Sahiratu Wala Kabiratan Illa Ahsaha. What is the matter with this book now? He will uh, about his own book of deeds he will say in in desperation that what is the matter with this book? It hasn't left a single thing, major or minor, anything but that it has been recorded in this book. But on that day now it's too late to make amends. Now is the time in Dunya that a person Despite all the situations and the challenges, whatever the temptations, whatever the desires, but he remains firm, remains steadfast, does not give in to these desires, does not give in to these temptations. This is that which will really get him raised to levels which all the nawafil also can't reach that level, which is reached via restraining oneself from haram. The nawafil... It's tremendous. We discussed the great benefit of the Nawafil last night. But as great as the Nawafil are, the, the speed at which a person goes closer to Allah Taala by means of every haram desire that he crushed, every time that the temptation was trying to take him away from Allah Taala, and he broke his heart, but he didn't break the command of Allah Taala, that takes him at a speed far greater than the speed of the Nawafil. This is why Rasulullah said to Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala an, Ittaqil maharim, takun a'bad nas Refrain from haram, you will be the greatest worshipper. Now the person who performs tahajjud the whole night, everybody regards him, mashallah, as a very great worshipper, and he is. Person who fasts the whole day, every day, the whole year round, everybody regards him as a tremendously great, pious person, and a great worshipper, and indeed he is. Fasting is a very great ibadat. So now he's fasting the nafil fast throughout the year. Very great ibadat. But Nabi Islam didn't say, fast the whole year, you'll become the greatest abid. Nabi Islam didn't say, make salah the whole night, you'll become the greatest abid. These are very great ibadats. He didn't say that make tilawat the whole, every one khatam the whole, every day, one khatam, you'll become the greatest abid. Whereas all these are tremendously great ibadats. The greatest abid, Nabi Islam says, you have to become ittaqil maharim. Stay away from haram. Restrain yourself from sin. 
you'll become the greatest abid. You will surpass all the people who are making tahajjud the whole night. Not that you should deprive yourself also. You should be making tahajjud. Perhaps you made four rakats, eight rakats. And compared to the one who made tahajjud the whole night but didn't restrain himself from haram. MashaAllah that tahajjud he'll get rewarded for. But at the same time he was engaging himself in haram, in sins. He can't reach the rank of the person who perhaps didn't make tahajjud the whole night. But he didn't get involved in haram. Then the other thing is obviously Yusuf wasalam, was divinely protected. But we are insan, we are weak. A person slips up. The issue is never to procrastinate in Toba. He slipped in something that is something that's a mistake. He made an error. He fell into some haram. But if he, that path now of Toba came, he should never delay that for tomorrow, for the next moment also. That is something that should be done sincerely, immediately. Turn to Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala will forgive and clean out that whatever a person has fallen in. So in any case now, she is calling unto him and saying to him, وَقَالَتْ What is Yusuf Salam's response? His response that the Quran Sharif relates to us is, قَالَ مَعَادَ اللَّهِ إِنَّهُ رَبِّي أَحْسَنَ مَثْوَاهِ إِنَّهُ لَا يُفْلِحُ الظَّالِمُونَ There are three things in this ayat, what Yusuf Salam said. The first thing he said was, Ma'adallah. Now he is in this situation, MashaAllah, he is a person of the, on the height of piety, on the height of taqwa, but in that situation too, he turns to Allah Ta'ala, Ma'adallah. I seek the protection of Allah Ta'ala. A person should never ever think, I'm immune, Abiyani Musalam, Amasum. But for us, a person should never ever think I am immune or that my piety is strong enough to keep me steadfast. I am very well fortified. I am fine. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us from these situations. This is something just on the note of Ibrad. is something we should never ever, inshallah, Allah Ta'ala raises, gives everybody the tawfiq of Toba. But years ago, this is probably more than 10 years ago, one person came along and he said, look, please, man, talk to my brother, younger brother now. He said, this is the kind of company he's joining, whatever else, please talk to him. And look, I'm also now in the same situation, both were in a similar situation. He says, look, I'm confident about myself, but I'm very worried about my brother. Whatever it was, these are the words approximately that came out of his tongue. I am very confident about myself, but I am very worried about my brother. It was perhaps maybe less than two, three months from that time that he came along to say that please take or speak to my brother and advise him. And I am very worried because the direction is going in. But in that process, this one half a line came out about I am confident about myself. I am feeling safe about myself. I am worried about him. It was perhaps two, three months hadn't passed from that time. And Allah forbid, what this fellow's brother didn't even dream about, all those wrongs he did. And, alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala gave him the tawfiq, he made tawbah thereafter, but when that came to light, and the father brought that son along and came, so it was like a, first a shock, that maybe 
when first he said he's bringing his son along, but inna lillah, the brother already had come and said, please talk to him and whatever was done, but it seemed like whatever has now gone has happened has happened. But the surprise was that the father wasn't talking about the younger son, he brought along the elder son and came, who said, I'm very confident about myself. Never should a person rely on himself. Our reliance, reliance on Allah Ta'ala alone. For one moment, the gaze should never go towards one's own self. That is ujb. That is conceit. It is thinking great of oneself. And as soon as a person thinks good about himself, he falls from the gaze of Allah Ta'ala. Falls from the sight of Allah Ta'ala. In the grace of Allah Ta'ala. As long as a person regards himself as nothing, as nobody, as most weak, then Allah Ta'ala's help is with the weak. But when he decided for himself that I'm no more weak, I'm fine. Allah Ta'ala's help is away from those who think about themselves that they are great, that they are good. So forever a person should regard himself as totally and desperately in need of the help of Allah Ta'ala at every step and that is the reality. No matter what, at every step we are totally dependent on the help of Allah Ta'ala and totally in need of His grace and mercy Otherwise, for one moment also, if that help and that grace is lifted, Allah forbid from where to where a person can fall. So this is the first thing that he said, Ma'ad Allah. I seek the protection of Allah Ta'ala. Then the second thing, to give her some kind of sense of, some consciousness, the Supreme says to her, that, Innahu Rabbi Ahsana Maswai. That think about what you are trying to do here. You are asking me to commit this sin, but this master of mine, in this case the master according to the preferred explanation is that the master he was referring to his own master in the sense that his master who had bought him as a slave. The greatest master is obviously Allah but in a figurative sense Allah gave ownership in dunya to people, the person becomes the master of things, owner of things, but the owner in reality is Allah so on that note, he said, my master, because he was a slave, he has treated me well, he has kept me with such dignity and honor, he has treated me so well. Is this the recompense? Is this the gratitude that now I interfere in his, in his family, in his privacy? I uh, defile his sanctity? Is this the way that now I must recompense him? Uh, he's talking about himself. But in this, the message is to her as well, that I am here for a short period still. You are here for much longer. If I am supposed to be conscious of this and be grateful for his good treatment, for whatever his favors have been, and never to be ungrateful to him, how much more grateful you should be. And never to do something that is against his honor and dignity. So this is on that one level. The main thing is that a person should have this amount of shame and haya, that he does not ever do anything that is showing ingratitude to Allah Ta'ala. His haya should first be for Allah Ta'ala. But when a person has come down from that level, they've forgotten about haya for Allah Ta'ala. Then this is addressed to the person on this note, at least have haya for insan. You should be having haya for Allah Ta'ala first. You forgot Allah Ta'ala, but at least insan in front of you, at least have haya from insan, that too will become a barrier. Not that that should be the main barrier, but if at least that became a barrier, at least you can grow and progress from there. 
So this is the level on which he addressed her, that she forgot Allah Ta'ala now, and she's inviting blatantly towards sin. So well then, at least have this much of shame, that your husband has treated you so well, I have to have this gratitude, he's treated me well. So this is another very, very great ingredient in a person that becomes a barrier between him and committing many wrongs. If he has truly the aspect of gratitude in his life. And many things, if a person has this gratitude, he won't do this kind of wrongs. He has the true gratitude towards his parents. And he realizes that my whole life, I can do anything for them, but I cannot fulfill their rights. Now when this is the gratitude, the sense of gratitude in him, he won't do anything deliberately to hurt them. Because this again is the dictates of that gratitude. Now if he has that shukar, that gratitude in his heart, this will be, whatever the situation is, no matter what their treatment might be also, regardless of all that, he will understand and realize that my responsibility is to fulfill what their rights are. And this is the minimum dictates of this gratitude. So, it will stop him from so many sins in that regard. And then, in so many other relationships, if this gratitude is there, it will make him refrain from the oppression, from the ill-treatment. So, this is another very, very essential thing in a person's life. إِنَّهُ رَبِّي أَحْسَنَ مَثْوَاءِ This is a lesson that is coming in there. That if a person is truly vested with this gratitude, he will refrain from many harms. And then the third thing he said, إِنَّهُ لَا يُفْلِحُ الظَّالِمُونَ If a person doesn't even have this sense of gratitude in him, then this much should be able to stop him also, that he must realize that oppression never goes without its consequences. And oppression will bring about its negative consequences in dunya, let alone the akhirat. What is in the akhirat will come in the akhirat unless a person has made amends and has sorted it out. But oppression, zulm, is one of those things that brings its consequences very quickly in dunya, before what comes in the akhirat. So this is the third message he gave. إِنَّهُ لَا يُفْلِحُ الظَّالِمُونَ Look, even if you have lost that sense of shame, you have lost that sense of gratitude, but remember now, you want to commit a kind of oppression against your own husband, that you are oppressing his rights, and you are committing so many other oppressions. Remember that the person who commits this kind of zulm, this is not something that will take a person to any success. If, it, if this is what is being stated here, that لا يفلح الظالمون The oppressors never succeed. So the opposite will apply. If they won't succeed, they will meet every kind of loss and harm. So this should be the next barrier. That the fear of the consequences of zulm. So the first thing he said first, Ma'ad Allah, we should be turning to Allah Ta'ala. But if you lost this consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, then at least be conscious of insan. But if this has been lost as well, be conscious of your own self that look, if I'm going to get down into this zulm and oppression, then this is something that's going to cause me harm in dunya also, and harm in the akhirat as well. Then Allah Ta'ala says further, you will just quickly round off with this ayat, وَلَقَدْ هَمَّتْ بِهِ وَهَمَّ بِهَا لَوْ لَا أَرْعَى بُرْحَانَ رَبِّهِ كَذَلِكَ لِنَصْفِفَ عَنْهُ السُّوءَ وَالْفَحْشَاءِ إِنَّهُ مِنْ عِبَادِنَا الْمُخْلَصِينَ Time is already passed. Inshallah, tomorrow we will briefly just finish this few ayat and then whatever some advices, perhaps tomorrow might be the last day of Atikaf. We will inshallah do it tomorrow. Inshallah. Subhanallah. Subhanallah.